Welcome to Rebellious Christian Philosophy. My name is Luke Smith. I hope you enjoy the show today. Today on Rebellious Christian Philosophy, we are going to be starting a series of an overview of certain books of the Bible, specifically the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. Today, we are going to be looking at the book of Proverbs and just kind of getting a general idea of what the book is and why the book was written and how uh, this book desperately needs to be reread in our time. And then we will go on from there and look at certain other books uh, such as Ecclesiastes and Psalms and Job and maybe Song of Solomon. I haven't made up my mind about that one yet. But today, the book of Proverbs, and if you have a Bible, I just want to read uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, and then talk about it a little bit. Verse 1 says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior. Righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. Number, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, the book of Proverbs, as I said, it is among the wisdom literature or the poetic books of the Old Testament, which would include, as I've already mentioned, uh, Job, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and Lamentations, I would, I would think. There are Certain poetic elements in some of the other books of the Bible as well, such as the prophets and the minor prophets, and when you get into the New Testament, the, the epistle to James. James is very much a type of wisdom literature. And so the book of Proverbs, as, you know, as, as well as Ecclesiastes and a couple of the Psalms, Solomon is the author. So he's the author of many of these Proverbs here in the book of Proverbs, this compilation of all these Proverbs. But Solomon is the general editor of them all. So some people think that Solomon wrote all, uh, every you know, chapter of the Proverbs from chapter 1 to, to chapter 31. And, you know, they're entitled to their opinion on that. But it seems to me, from my study on this and from what others have said about this, that Solomon is the general or he is the author of many of them, but he, at the, at the same time, is the general editor of them all. So it seems that Solomon compiled the book of Proverbs. As I said, he's also the author of Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and as well as a psalm or two. And once again, these are the poetry of Scripture, and Proverbs in particular is a book on wisdom, whereas like Song of Solomon will be more of the poetic uh, idea com compared to Proverbs. But Solomon, if you remember, had he had asked God in 1 Kings 4, verses 29 
through 34. Let me get there and I'll read that to you. 1 Kings 4, 29 through 34. It says, Now God gave Solomon wisdom and very great discernment and breadth of mind, like the sand that is on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the sons of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Ezraite, Heman, Calcol, and Darda the sons of Maho, and his fame was known in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon, even to the hyssop that grows on the wall. He spoke also of animals and birds and creeping things and fish. Men came from all peoples to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all the kings of the earth who had heard his wisdom. So Solomon asked for wisdom, and then God gave him that wisdom. And then what we have here in the book of Proverbs is a compilation, not full of all his Proverbs, but a compilation of some of the Proverbs that he compiled together, um, which are inspired. So what are Proverbs, though? Proverbs are short sentences drawn from long experience, a philosophy based on experience and a rule for conduct. So kind of a philosophy for living. The Orient and ancient East are the homes of Proverbs. When you read any of the ancient Eastern writings or the Oriental writings, you you see these types of Proverbs being uh, played out or being wrote down very similar to how Solomon wrote them out. So probably what happened was Solomon gathered many of them from other sources. As I said, he was the editor of them all, but the author of some. And we don't have a full list of all 3,000 Proverbs that he had wrote. And maybe, you know, I could be absolutely wrong. Maybe all these Proverbs are his, but it just doesn't seem likely that all of them are his. It seems that he compiled... Uh, all of them together, and he's he, as, as you'll read through the Proverbs, you'll see you know Solomon, the son of David, said this, and, and it gives that. But then you get into other chapters, and it says the sayings of Agur and the sayings of King Lemuel. And so he is most likely the author of some, but the general editor of them all. So pretty much what this means for us then is that we have a inspired record of Proverbs that are either Solomon's or from some other sources, but God has put his stamp upon them. Seeing as how they are in the canon of Scripture, regardless if Solomon wrote them all or not, or he was the general editor of, the, of, of all of them, God put his stamp upon them. All truth, as Francis Schaeffer said, all truth is God's truth, wherever that truth be found. All truth is God's truth. And so... We have an inspired record of proverbs that are either Solomon's or from some other or from some other sources, but God put his stamp upon them. Now, one of the questions we have to ask is why was Proverbs written or why was it compiled together to, to form this book of Proverbs? Well, as we already know, it is a book on wisdom. And what is needed in the last day for the Christian? Wisdom. As we get closer and closer to the second coming of Christ, the days will get darker and darker. People will get worse and worse. Sin will intensify in this world. 
And in order to live among the people of the world, we must be wise. We must be wise. Our Lord has told us in the Gospels that He was sending us out as sheep among wolves. He told us to be harmless as doves, yet wise as serpents. Jesus then tells us to consider the serpent's wisdom. David Gusick says that serpents or snakes are attacked by everyone. And they must use creativity and wisdom to survive. And that's the idea that the Christian should, should do. The Christian, if we haven't done any history homework, we need to. And we'll see that Christians are attacked by everyone sometime in their life. Whether it's intense or not, we are attacked by everyone. And we then must use creativity and wisdom to survive. A serpent knows when to flee. A serpent knows when to hide. A serpent knows when to bite. And Jesus, our Lord, promised us that we would be persecuted for our belief in Him. It's a promise. It's not a a promise that we're necessarily happy about, but it is a promise nonetheless. And so we must have wisdom or a wisdom like serpents have. C.S. Lewis said this, that Christ never meant that we are to remain children in our intelligence. On the contrary, he told us to be not only harmless as doves, but also as wise as serpents. Lewis says he wants a child's heart, that God wants a child's heart, but with a grown-up's head. He wants every bit of intelligence we have to be alert at its job and in first-class fighting shape. So why was the book of Proverbs written? To give the believer wisdom, to give us understanding, to give us knowledge in how to live this life, as Ecclesiastes will tell us, under the sun. And God has made the way for us to be wise in our generation. We have to study, though. We, in order to be wise, we have to search for the wisdom. We have to be studious with this book. Wise are we if we are people who study, if we are people who are always learning. Wise are we if we read. I think we should never stop reading myself. You know, we, we get this idea when we're in grade school to read, 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 and then we become adults and we're like, all right, I ain't got to read anymore. That shouldn't be that way. The Christian is supposed to be a learner. The Christian is supposed to be someone who reads. We have things we need to read. Booker T. Washington said this, if you can't read, it's going to be hard to realize dreams. And Booker T. Washington also believed you should read every day something. That way you never stop learning, even if it was just four minutes a day. And I myself, personally, I think we should read a wide variety of books. I believe we should read and understand history and mathematics and philosophy and poetry and so on. And one of the main reasons I think we need to do that is because that's what the world reads. And how are we going to understand the world if we're not reading what sources the world is reading of? And when we read, we get to commune with kings and priests and wise men of the past and learn the good things and the bad things that happened in their day. We gain 
that wisdom and are using intelligence that our Lord told us to use. We need to be studious with reading. It not only helps with our own lives, but as well with the lives that will follow after us. I like this quote by John Adams, our second president. He said, I must study politics and war that my sons may have liberty to study mathematics and philosophy. I like that quote. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, he said that we should, as Christians, read many a great book, but make the main book the Bible. And yes, we should read a wide variety of different authors and different subjects, but if all we have is our Bible, then we have all we need. But since we have other books that we can read and learn and understand the world's ways, I encourage us to read them. But the Bible is to be read first, though. The Bible is to have preeminence in our study time. If we're reading all these other authors before we read God's book, then we have, we have a problem. The Bible is to have preeminence in our study time. We should read more of the Bible than we read anything else. And why is that? Well, the Bible has the answers to all life's problems. And so the best philosophy, though, as we dig into the Bible, the best philosophy on man and how to live practical and wise is found within the pages of the Proverbs. Pretty much how to live our life um, the way that God intended for us is written in the, in the pages of the Proverbs. Billy Graham, he would read this book every month. You know, you got 31 days, 30 days, some, you know, in, in a month, and Billy Graham would read a chapter a day. Ben Carson, he, he'll, he'll read a chapter of Proverbs every morning and then read that same chapter every night before he goes to bed and talk about a wise man. And so, I, you know, we have to be readers. We can't just, you know, become Christians and take our intelligence and throw it out the door. We have to read and learn. But Solomon now, he outlines this book for us, the purpose of this book for us. In verse 2, he says, To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding. So to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Basically, Solomon is saying the purpose of this book is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. He also says to perceive or to discern or understand or consider. Verse 3 says receive. The idea is to siege, snatch, take. So in order to get that wisdom, we have to receive it. We have to snatch it when it comes our way. We have to siege it. We have to take it. Verse 3 also says the instruction of wisdom, to receive instruction in wise behavior or instruction of wisdom. The idea is the discipline of wisdom, of justice, of judgment, of equity. To be able to take a hold of the discipline of wisdom. One thing we have to understand as Christians is that we are the truest of all the philosophers in this world. Therefore, we should be the best lovers of wisdom, which is what philosophy means. So this is, um, we're, we're, we are to be able to take a hold of the discipline of wisdom. The New Living Translation states it like this, that their purpose, these Proverbs, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them to do what is right, just and fair. So this is part of being a disciple of Christ, being disciplined. Uh, you know, a, a disciple is a disciplined one. 
Verse 3 also says uh, wise behavior or wisdom, to the instruction in that. The word here is different from the word above. It speaks of discreet counsel, meaning to give you instruction on discreet counsel, to help you in your speaking and answering ability. So pretty much is the ability to, pretty much when it says to receive instruction in wise behavior, the idea is to help you in your speaking and answering ability, the ability to communicate properly. As Christians, we need to learn how to do that. And why is that? Well, Peter tells us in 1 Peter to always be ready to give an answer for the hope we have. And we went over that idea in in our apologetic study. Verse 4 says to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. Now, prudence, that is discernment craftiness. The idea is to be discerning, is to be able to tell what is right and what is almost right. Not what is right and what is wrong, but what is right and what is almost right. That the Proverbs will do this. The craftiness craftiness aspect would be so that we aren't gullible. And how many Christians today are gullible? We listen to the news, we listen to the media, we listen to what anybody says without doing any research, without attaining any wisdom, and just believe it. We're gullible. It also says discretion. The idea is a plan, an escape route, wittiness, wariness by which to escape evil and find good. That's what the Proverbs will help you do. It helps you escape evil and find good. Verse 5 that a, a, says a wise man will hear and increase in learning. Well, ain't that something? Increase in learning. That's what a Christian is supposed to do. We're not supposed to throw our intelligence out the window. No, we're supposed to increase in learning. The idea is a well-learned individual being able to teach or have teaching power. A person who can give wise counsel because of the wisdom received. And the idea is that you can't give wise counsel unless you read what the wise counselor said. Verse 5 says that they shall that a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel or shall attain wise counsel. And the idea is the art and principles of governing. And actually the Septuagint translation translates it as a man of understanding will possess a rule of government. And I think that's a good word for us living in the country we live in where we as individuals are the sovereigns of this nation. That if we read the books of Proverbs, or the, the, the Proverbs in this book here, we will be able to understand, we'll have understanding, and we will possess then the rule of government of our country, of our nation, of our government. And that's what the founders would have had in mind anyway, is when, when they wrote the Declaration and the Constitution and, and the Bill of Rights and the Federalist Papers and so on and so forth. It also says in verse 6, that to understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. To understand. Now, that's, that's very important. And this gives off the idea of studying or digging into something. It is being conveyed here in these first few verses that we need to dig into this book. Reading this book is going to help us on issues we need clarity on. The riddles of life. The riddles of life, the mysteries, the hardships, the problems. 
will understand by digging in to this book. If you read and become a learned individual or learned individual, then you will have this understanding of the Proverbs or the enigmas or the riddles of our day, especially in the last days we live in where times get more confusing. And who do we believe? Who should we trust? You know, in the church today, we have a lack of authenticity. Well, the Proverbs are encouraged to make us wise, to help us then become learned individuals so then we have understandings of the proverbial things of life, of the enigmas in our existence, and the riddles we face each day. And Solomon ends the first section of this, of of the introduction to Proverbs, by saying, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of this knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so, the idea though, as he starts out, he, he gives out the reason why he wrote this book, or why he compiled this together, and then he says, but if you don't have that fear of the Lord, it ain't going to mean nothing to you. So if you understand who God is, then this will come naturally to you. And for us Christians, if Jesus is the Lord of our life, then we will increase in what the Proverbs say. If Jesus isn't Lord, then you are a fool who despises wisdom and instruction. If Jesus is Lord, then it should push you into the direction of gaining wisdom and understanding in this generation in which we live. And the book of Daniel tells us in the closing chapter of Daniel, it tells us that knowledge will increase in the last days. And I myself pray it will increase in your lives. I pray and encourage you to read this practical inspired book of Proverbs on your own every day at least a chapter a day, and then pray that God would make you a wise Christian in this world. We'll pick up next time with the book of Psalms, an overview of it. Thanks for listening. Today's book recommendation is The Institutes of the Christian Religion by John Calvin. In our day, Calvin has gotten a bad reputation, and I really can't understand why. Most likely, though, it is because people have never really read Calvin, and they're hearing reports about Calvin from secondhand sources instead of actually reading what Calvin has said himself. So if you already have this bad idea about Calvin, I encourage you to pick up the Institutes of the Christian Religion, read it, and just see how much John Calvin glorifies God in his writings. So I encourage you to pick that book up. Thank you.